0: Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdeck. You know what it is. CEO and founder of the Deerdeck Machine. What are we doing down here? We're manufacturing amazing. How are we doing it? We're systematically fusing art, science, and magic. Why? Because we love this. We're fueled by the joy of creation. We love creating companies. We love creating amazing life. And on this show, that's what we do. Talk life strategy, business strategy, you know. If you're an entrepreneur, both in, in spirit and in actuality, actuality, uh then, then this is a show for you. You know, we we talk to to people and do or dire founders that we build companies with, along with people that pitch us ideas and have questions that I can, you know, help them strategize, whether that is in life or with their business. And you know, one one big thing that that I'm always, always out here talking about. And it's this start at the end mentality. It's this before you start win concept. And, you know, I'd like to go a little bit deeper to just sort of lay out kind of the the layers of why that's important that go a step beyond just being focused and having clear um, sort of goals as it relates to what you want to achieve monetarily. Right. It ends up being much, much bigger than that. When when you think about it multidimensionally, right? Because as a founder, when you want to create a company, you want to build a business, you know, I say start at the end, decide what you want out of the company in the very beginning, right? You want to build a $10 million business that has... Uh, two million in profit that you split with three other partners and that's the money you're going to live off of, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to build a growth company and my goal is to take on venture capital and grow it to 10 million in revenue and this would be easily acquired for three to four times revenue and then I'm going to have 20% by the time that happens and that's the money that I'm going to go and fish, For the rest of my life, whatever, whatever your vision is, but it goes, it goes a little bit deeper when you're making that plan, right? Because, you know, there's this, this sort of world where it's like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you sacrifice for a few years to live like nobody else will for the rest of their life, you know, and, and I don't think that that's ultimately necessary, right? Like you want to sacrifice with purpose inside your plan if you will on what you hope to actually get out of this business in all aspects. And and let me explain how how that kind of works when you're thinking about building a company and what you want out of it, right? It's it's what do you also want to do in that company? Are you the creative person? Are you the financial mind? Are the are you the operating mind, right? Like now now it's about the amount of time you want to spend on this company, right? It's It's you making your life plan and your goal isn't like no entrepreneur is like, man, I want to get up at four every day and work till nine and live the rest of my life running the company like that. Like it's not sustainable. It's not fun uh, and it's not worth it and it's not something you would ever want to do. If you do that, you have a bad business. If you get up at four and work till nine every night, you have a bad idea. The idea isn't working. Uh, or you don't know how to delegate and or uh, hire the right people to put you in a position uh, to be more balanced. But but think about the time and the ideal state of how much you actually want to work and what do you want to do. If you're a creative person who loves being part of uh, product development and brand stories and and marketing stories like and you want to work – four days a week uh, from 10 o'clock to four o'clock. That should be your goal. That should absolutely be your goal because that's when you're working 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. in the first couple years, you know that the goal is eventually to transition to just doing what you love to do the most inside the company and with a lot less hours once the company reaches a certain state of maturity. But, but, that being part of your plan gives you patience and keeps you going when things get really tough since you know where you're headed another start at the end concept that you would be using is how you want to spend your time in that company and ultimately what you want to do the most inside that company and and again this would dictate you know What type of company that you build, like based off of that, what type of partners you would connect with to build the company with, especially when it comes to the financial side, you know, really understanding that like, man, in a perfect world, you know, I love... Uh, the fitness industry. And if I could have a supplement company that allowed me to work out every day and work, you know, 30 hours a week and, and have 30% of it and make uh, $200,000 a year to live the way that I want to live and be able to spend a lot of my time and my passion of doing you know, CrossFit on the weekends and Ironmans or whatever it may be, there's a formula in there that you've got to design from the very beginning. And it applies to all aspects of who you are as a person, you know. And because a lot of times it will even – even I think a lot of people are – you know, mistaking my start at the end mentality for just, you know, build the plan for the giant payday, you know, and, and I think that that's, it's, you know, it is the way that I do it. Okay. Like I, since I walk on both sides where I need the thrill and the joy of, co-finding a business and and doing it at the very earliest stage uh, so that I can feel the thrill and and I just like zero. Zero to me is like where it's the toughest place to start and it's the most fulfilling when there's success, but I'm still a venture capitalist. I'm still looking at like what is the return uh, on my capital, although I, I will look at ideas in different companies that are really based off of you know, could be profitable just the same. But in general now, start at the end is not just about building the pathway to a big payday because it's, you know, some people you know, may not necessarily want that payday when they start. It might really truly be a passion project and it may be something that grows over 10 or 15 years that then, you know, they grow out of it or grow to a place where they would like to sell the business. But, but understanding that and and building that into your start at the end plan is essential because you, you want to get the business to a place to where it is it it is automated and working and you're doing what you love to do inside that business and you're really enjoying it as fast as possible that's your goal right it's you know finding product market fit and then ultimately getting in a nice rhythm and then doing what gives you the most energy that you enjoy doing the most and then um, you know, being strategic and either investing in growth when you see opportunity or continuing to, to nurture the consumers that you have to continue uh, to build your sustainable business. But it's it's all of those things ultimately tie back to the type of life and the way that you want to live. And designing that into your overall plan is really what I mean uh, when I talk about start at the end, you know, and 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 hey, if it is like I am going to work 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. for three years and get it to 30 million and sell it for a hundred, um, more power to you. You know, I think I was, you know, cut from that cloth at an earlier age. You know, I think now for me, you know, it's really. Um, how do you, you know, push everything into this automated state so it's more sustainable and takes less effort, and it has more uh, scalability? But I do all of that inside a balanced life, right? And that's because that's what I decided um, was what was more important to me as I grew my business and grew the machine and and sort of grew into. Uh, you know, the entrepreneur, venture capitalist that I am today. But again, to everybody out there, you got to start at the end. You, you got to to know where you're headed, why you're headed there, and figure out as much as possible in the very beginning, because it'll be so much easier for you as you begin to to evolve and unfold into that business idea. And knowing what you want out of it, Uh, Both time, financially, emotionally, all of these different aspects are going to give you the patience that you need to push through and work hard and sacrifice because you will know that you are headed to a place where it is going to be the perfect business for you the way you envisioned it at the very beginning. Okay, look, we got a great episode today per usual just the, the hungry doer dyers out there just just sharing ideas and ultimately, you know, looking for advice on both their concepts and, and some strategy as it relates to life. And ultimately, you know, my goal on this show is to try to give people uh, that experienced eye and, and help give them a breakthrough. So without further ado, let's bring on our first guest.
1: Hey Robin team, my name is Dr. Cody Sansemier and I am the creator and founder of Loop Timer. So I wanted to send a pitch video in. I've been listening to the podcast, I've been listening to you know your interview with Lewis Howes and it just like sparked something to me and fired me up. So I've actually been working on this for about two years now. Um, it's kind of funny how this came about, and I wanna to talk to you about this in this pitch video. So basically what Loop Timer is, um, you really can't find any timers that don't let you know when the time is up via anything else but sound. It's just different levels or different variations of beeps and timers and things like that. And so what loop timer is, it's a timer that actually has a light around the outside and when you actually set time on this and then time's counting down, it actually will tick down around the face. And then when time goes off, it lets you know via light. Now, this can be set to do light and or sound, um, any variation of those two Um, and this is, what I've been working on. This is what I want to pitch you guys. This is called
0: Loop Timer. Cody Sanzemeyer, welcome to Build With Rob. How are you?
1: I live the dream every single day, my man.
0: Man, I love it. I mean, obviously you live the, the dream of highly functioning spines.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Hey, so so look, give me a little bit of background on your concept just briefly as sort yeah. of an overview uh, and, and sort of the status of where you're at with it right now. Yeah, so
1: I decided to create this timer because it's a timer that basically has a light around the face. And so you can't really find timers that don't tell you when time's up with anything but sound. And so I thought that was really interesting. And so I developed it because uh, as a chiropractor, we set people up on rehab and they have like weights and there's straps and all these kind of crazy torture chamber vice looking things. And so when the timer goes off, my rehab techs were blown past timers because they didn't know which one was going off. So I was like, I tried to find it, couldn't find it. So I made it. And so um, started about two years ago, and I've just been building ever since. I started off by going to Alibaba. I was like, Timer companies and talked to a manufacturer. I was like, hey, can you help me make this? And they're like, yeah, sure. Uh, send over the, the 3D drawings. I was like, okay, cool. I need to get that. So I went on Fiverr and was like, 3D renderings. And then they were like, cool, I can do that. Send me the CAD drawings. I was like, okay, I should get that. So I, long story short, went to product development company and just started putting work in you know just started developing
0: it hey and and the video presentation that you made uh was first class i appreciate it you know what i mean like all the way down to the nuance this man uh you know get all different types of videos when people submit videos but but the good doctor here was extraordinarily uh professional had great music but then the actual light from his timer was like for the transitions it was like the actual light going around with the transitions which was which was really remarkable you know and and look i'm when i look at the loop timer and and think about it in concept and you know i go and and looked at all the the amazon uh offerings and sort of looking at sort of what products are available kind of uh, you know, just just getting an understanding of the market, and 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 you really do see like, hey, you know, there isn't anyone. There's there's just sort of the standard issue yes. sort of way that it's sort of done because it is a utility uh, product, you know. And and so to me, um, you know, I think on design alone mm-hmm. that you have opportunity uh, mm-hmm. in the way that you've sort of created created it and positioned it, you know. I, but I but I. Uh, ask you to think about it more from a perspective of the type of business and what its need would be in your life. Sure. You know, because I think when you think about you as a chiropractor, that's still sort of the priority, right, of your sort of life vision. Right. And you're always going to continue to optimize how to run efficient practices that are profitable. Right. And there'll be an expertise that's been built inside there as opposed to you know, being a chiropractor and then you eventually want to run the biggest digital timer company in the history of mankind. Is your, it, it, just correct me if, if your passion is, is being in chiropractic for, for the majority of your life.
1: So I think the passion is helping people, right? So yep. chiropractic is the vehicle in which I use that. And it's what I've developed my skills in. But I think, you know, the broader picture is when it gets down to business concepts, right? I own a job, I don't own a business. Right. Yep. If I'm not here, we're not making money, and so there's a scale issue, and there's a life, there's a shelf life with chiropractors, right? Blowout shoulder, low back, wrist issues, and so I need to have other things that I want to carry on with my life on, and not just be in the trenches running every day. I think I'll always have a role in chiropractic. I have run multiple clinics, I've managed clinics, I've taught doctors, I've mentored doctors, and I think that's a passion of mine of helping the under generation grow up in the profession, learn how to run practices and help people, but also, you know, sp- spread my time out. And I just, I think I love business in general. And I think chiropractic is the vehicle that I've used as of late.
0: Yeah. And, and look, and I, I'm, I can tell by the way you created it, your video, the way you talk, uh, you really are your true do or dire You know what I mean? You're the real deal. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and to me, but when I look at this as a business, mm-hmm. right, like, you know, just, like I think you would be fooled to try to to let the goal be that I want to build a ten million dollar business and sell it for forty million, right? Sure. Like I I just think it's it's and really that's like a full time job that's building out ex a, a big team and and really trying to like scale, um, you know, product like. Uh, lines and like, where does it go to? And how does it like, okay, what's the sports one? All these different sort of things, right? Sure. Rather than like, you know, I the data shows you that the right product marketed to the right person, rather than selling a thousand units a day and making 10 million a year, if you could sell two, you know, 1500, 2000 a month sure. and make 500 grand and have one person running it to where you don't even got to put any effort into it. And that thing can kick off 200 grand to you. Sure. Right. That is this like pathway for this, that when I think about like you designing it as not necessarily the end all be all as it relates to the supplement. To if something was to happen to you physically and you couldn't practice, even though I'm sure you're smart enough to bring in other great young chiropractors that you could teach and evolve and in, and in, inside your world and or even help them. Uh, create those standard sort of operating procedures that you would be yep. able to implement in their own clinic. Since nobody uh, teaches business to anybody in the chiropractor field yet, the everybody's got to basically build their own clinic if they want <laughs> to make money. It's yep. a very bizarre yeah. sort of aspect, but I just when when you think about your idea, it it, it really is something that's worth taking a shot. Sure. But it it should be like, how do I drive this to sustainable revenue and then eventually put a body on it that can help grow it sure. without the expectations of trying to get some some sort of extraordinary scale and then literally quit it overnight and take the loss. Sure. If you can't start getting converting people from the existing uh, Amazon um timer base, right? Yes. Because in my mind, you know, just like wordplay of like, you know, modern timer, like Apple style timer, like there's all these like keywords, search sure. words return that I think you could win on just the the way the product looks. Sure. You know what I mean? Then the value add to, um, to the, the consumer ultimately ends up being, um, that, that it is, it is prettier. And now you don't necessarily have to do it with just sound. You know what I mean? It's just something that I think that, that, that you should think about when you approach building it, like, like you put all this time in, take that shot, hunt, try to win on Amazon. And if you don't, don't beat yourself up. There just isn't a place for it and, and take your skill set and find another thing inside that chiropractic office that is a problem that you can solve sure. for you know i don 't know how many clinics there are in the country, you know probably like ten thousand you know what I mean how many clinic chiropractors
1: so i think the, the the numbers that we got from this chiropractors i think there 's like sixty sixty thousand chiropractors in the u s and that 's obviously like you don 't know if that 's exact but that's that 's the number we use
0: right but but i 'm saying like that alone then becomes sort of your core audience for a product that you develop sure. that that solves a problem inside there that you know sure. everybody sort of deals with you know which which you know and again i'm like not only saying that they, they oh. could also be your core consumer yeah. uh for this product right so i think you have those two things that are are really worth uh taking that shot
1: and i appreciate that so i'll, I'll actually like continue the the answer of kind of what you asked of where it's at the plan was before kind of pitching to you, I was going to pre-sell it via Kickstarter, right? Let's see what the market says. And I think the idea is, you know, you look with a simple, basic, just minute, seconds, uh, start, stop, right? Basic level, but then you go a robust version, you go longer time. And then the biggest one I want to do is I actually want to do a wall clock version where it's not just minutes and seconds and hours, it's days, weeks, months, right? So like everybody bases their life around time. And I want to be able to like, oh, I got a we're on a vacation two weeks, set it for two weeks and watch it go around. So I have ideas for other iterations of this version. So I was going to start simple, go to Kickstarter, pre-sell it, see what the interest was. It either funds or it doesn't, right? If it funds, then we develop that as well as the the other versions. And then we start going to market and go to Amazon, things like that. And I think that's going to happen regardless if we have a relationship or not. And I think that's still the the plan because you, know, you just work on different things. You, you got to swing at pitches, right? I think that's just in life. You got to Take opportunities and swing. Not always you don't always get a hit. You don't always get a double or a home run. But you know, consistent swings at different opportunities adds up at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, and and again, I think it's you know very well said. You know what I mean? As a man that's on a mission, you know what I mean? Who's <laughs> out here uh, furthering his mind, developing himself, and getting better as a as a person and an entrepreneur and someone building a life. Uh, but I, I, I think with these type of, this type of project too, like you, you should know quickly get out there and test that thing. And, yeah. and with the Kickstarter, get it on Amazon, let it, let it yeah. see, just give it a shot, uh, and try to get there. What, what questions you got for me?
1: So first question is business questions. So, uh, I've been fortunate to run a lot of businesses and I believe that your people and your employees are the heart of the business. It's what generates, you know, everything. And I also believe that, revenue and cash flow is the lifeblood, right? And so they work hand in hand. If you have a weak heart or if you have a bad heart, cash flow doesn't run, right? And if you don't have enough cash flow, the heart can't survive. The question is, as you're building a business and you're starting to see success and you're starting to generate revenue, what is your personal criteria on deciding to increase overhead and sacrifice cash flow to build the team?
0: I think, you know, if if your business isn't generating revenue and cash flow the people uh these amazing people can't do anything for you Correct. you know what i mean and that always kind of boils back down to the product right and the quality of the service and so then it becomes like you're making your gut choice right because it's a gut choice now yeah. right because you as the person whose livelihood is the cash flow mm-hmm. you have to now make the choice based off of understanding The opportunity in front of you, understanding like what the value of a new body is to you, and if you sacrifice for for one year of paying salaries and thinning out cash flow, that it's going to double and triple that cash flow in the coming years. And the problem with that is that's easy for me to say, sure, right? It's scary. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. It's like it's like it's it's it. the, The thing about it is like God. It's like even when you. Even when you have great revenue and you're profitable, and it's like, you know you got to spend the, the, the money uh, in order to scale, but, but when you're not totally sure that money's going to drive the revenue the way that you anticipate, right? Like you're like, well, I think it could double sales and double. Re-. You, you know it's that, that scary gap is always a leap of faith, yeah. you know what I mean? And so it's like, it, it's like, and it doesn't matter. I still, I still deal with it to this day, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, I'm still, you know, a, a venture studio is an unusual business model, right? Cause you outlay a ton of cash. Uh, as investment and in building and then you have an, a, a giant team that's that's that you're operating so it's like now when and where do you choose money to invest in and continue to grow the podcast your foundation your uh, community of machinists right like all these things I had to make along the way and invest in uh to continue to, Uh, create further awareness that then drove in new deal flow and amplified existing companies and, and, and the success of the stuff that I've already been developing. But throughout that process, every time I'm like, okay, you know, and it's on a higher level, right? It's of these big expensive bodies, you know what I mean? You're going to do, but it's a calculated leap of faith as you invest in scaling, because when you, it's your company, you're basically taking the money that you could be saving and giving you more runway to operate. If like sales slow down, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, so I, I have to tell you, it's like, it's on you. It'll be your gut decision and it'll always be a leap of faith, but you know, I'm, I'm always a big believer in making sure you have clear path to like correcting and getting back to sustainability yeah, and you know in your case it's really just everything comes back to just you and your secretary you know what i'm saying like and maybe a tech right whatever it may be like you you always know what your leanest of your business is yeah and i look at it in, in sort of a similar way you know what i mean like yeah. and even at you know at this at this level you know where you just you never stop looking at it like that either yeah. because it's like even when you have plenty of capital uh saved you just never want to like burn capital for no reason on your business. Right? Yeah. I don't care who you are. It's like yeah. co- companies running at a loss unless it's high growth and you got a big acquisition planned, you know, which is a totally different thing. But, you know, for us, you know, we are very you're running your practice and you're and growing your practice is a scary thing, you know, and, and you but once you get sustainable, it'll be a lot easier. You know, for me, it's still you know i own the machine 100% it's all my money Sure. so it's like it's my choice on what i want to do but at, huh. at it's my my win and my loss along the way and and ultimately i try to be as strategic as possible and and thoughtful and not overly spend to grow but but spend on more of a natural growth trajectory since my goal is to never sell it just get bit better stronger faster over time you know
1: yeah love it love it personal question yeah i believe that standard operating procedures and systems is the key to reproducible consistent productivity and success and so you have your operating manual for life i want to know What were the mechanics to actually develop that? Like, how did you actually do that? You just like Jerry Maguire it one night and just type it up like in the middle of the night? Did you talk to your assistant and have them take notes? Did you hire somebody? Like, how did you actually create that?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I would like to tell you how Jerry maguire it, that I was in the middle of the night. Enough's enough. I need to build the rhythm of existence. You know, I'm in the trippiest thing is I spent, a lot of money with a consultancy group to develop it completely. Sure. And then it was too complex for anybody to run, including me. Sure. Like that was, that was how, how crazy it was. But the great Chris Smith from arrive consulting who sold his company and is now a big executive at Grant Thornton, uh, is who helped me develop it. And he, I hired him initially to help me develop the machine and as he was really helping me build my process for for business creation, there was all these great tools inside of it. And one of them was uh, the rhythm of company, how your company goes through this sort of standard rhythm of meetings that have to happen and cadences throughout the year and these constants and variables. And I was just like, man, I need to do that to my life. Yeah. You know, and then we set off, and it, it's very personal, though, right? So, so now what had happened is we kind of built it. The Ferrari, and then I had to basically bring it down to a go kart to build it back up to a Ferrari. Yeah, you know, and for me, it it required hiring the right body to run it with me, then getting committed to it, and then slowly optimizing it and changing it over time. Right, and we're now, yeah, it's this incredible system, right? Because sure. it, it it scales beyond just how I run my schedule and my time, but it drifts into, you know, how we run family Sinks where the wife and the assistants coordinate Christmas gifts and our strategy for the holidays and all yeah. of these things that usually take time and energy from you are all automated in this, this beautiful document, you know, yeah. and look, I, 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 everyone that I've been talking to that's, um, that has kind of heard me talk about it and is interested in being a part of it. I just send it to them. Yeah. Right, so I will send you mine, right? And what what you'll be able to do is is take it and begin to just pull out the names of my chief of staff and executive assistants and all this stuff and sort of kind of my get up at four thirty and give thanks, you know, however you want to do it. But it'll be a great framework for you to then basically start to add your own sort of aspects to it and then make it your own rather than starting from scratch. You know what I mean? So. Uh, Would love to do that, especially since you are. A true do or and you really truly uh, deserve to to operate your life the way that I do because I believe that one day we'll meet again. And you'll be like, man, I am just I'm using the qualitative data. I've been, you know, <laughs> this year I like I've you know gotten up at five a.m. hundred percent of the time and brain trained ninety four percent of the time. You're gonna hit me with the data one day because I really think someone like you uh, could use what I've created and adapt it to to have really help elevate your life.
1: I love it, brother, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all your knowledge, everything that you're doing for everybody. And so, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do something like this with you. So couldn't thank you enough.
0: All right. Great. Great to meet you. And I wish you the best of luck, man. Make it happen. Time's up. There it is. (laughs) Great to meet you. Be good. Appreciate it, man.
1: See ya. So
0: embarrassing. The gym was getting boring anyway. Besides, there's a better option.
2: What's up, guys? My name is Josh Sanchez. I am the founder of Native Fit and the inventor of the Native Pack. You can see this now. Native Fit is creating a movement within the health and fitness space on the back of our first product.
0: Let's face it, gym memberships are costing you double what you pay for Netflix every month, but you use it as often as the Pythagorean theorem.
2: A squared plus B squared equals C squared. My math teacher would be so proud, but with the Native Pack, it's a one-time purchase for an all-in-one system. Not only is the Native Pack an all-in-one resistance training system that fits in a backpack, but it is also eco-friendly.
0: Josh Sanchez, welcome to the Bill with Rob show. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate
0: you. Hey, look, I, I love the idea of AKA the wellness warrior, you know, just a man on a mission, you know, to fight for the wellness of those out there across the world, man. Is that, is that what sort of like, like, is your background or your wellness warrior mentality is what led to the concept of the brand name?
2: That, that's a good question. So uh, the wellness warrior is actually something newer that I'm trying to encompass everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I found myself uh, gravitating and, and having affinity t- more towards just business and entrepreneurship, focused on uh, health and wellness. So yeah. that that uh, that name really embodies it, and I feel like we need more warriors out there uh, with what's going on in this the uh, the current political and uh, economic landscape. We need more wellness warriors. So,
0: right, and tell me tell me quickly a quick overview of the product.
2: Yeah, so quick over, overview. It's a uh, portable uh, native fit or the native pack two is a portable fitness product um, that fits in a backpack. It's an all-in-one system. So, uh, you know, I invented this product to make sure or to uh, be a substitute or supplement uh, anyone that is an avid gym goer or takes fitness seriously. And I wanted to make sure that every muscle group, every body part um, was included with the the product. So you could get a, a true resistance
0: training workout. And then why'd you call it native?
2: man it originally so it kind of evolved so the tagline now is make anywhere your personal gym and uh it used to be make anywhere your native gym and mm-hmm. it was it was really just you know make it your home gym like make anywhere your home gym kind of was the uh the feeling behind it and then yeah i so yeah that's that's yeah. very and, and, <laughs> and
0: so like what's how long have you been doing it and like what what's sort of the status of like at this stage of of where the company's at uh as it relates to like growing the company
2: we launched so i launched the company in the middle of the pandemic probably uh i would say october officially loc'd it or incorporated it in october of last year uh it, the concept kind of came through i would say three or four years ago though yep. um and it, it was really a toss between you know one day i had an extra hour and uh of time and i was like i really want to go on a hike because it's a beautiful day and But I, you know, I know I don't generally get as solid as a workout as when I go to my CrossFit box. And uh, the idea was like, why can't I have both? Um, So it started three or four years ago. And then uh, the pandemic hit, gym shut down. And then on top of the gym shutting down, uh, kettlebells, everything was out of order. Um, Everything was, was all the supplies were kind of backed up. And so uh, that idea just, it came, you know, I was like, okay, perfect. Problem uh, there's a huge problem. I feel like I have, I'm the guy to, to, to solve that problem. And, um, and so I, I went to work. So I, I did a crowdfunding campaign to prove concept and it was real, real bare bones, like MVP status. And then that went, that, that became um, successful. We, we funded the campaign, um, which actually took me by surprise because it was so bare bones.
0: Now, have you made and sold products so far?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we we have close to 100 sales. Um, so that first crowdfunding campaign, I then had to, um, you know, develop the product fully. I couldn't find any manufacturers that would just do, you know, small batch. At, I mean, I think we did like 65 sales. Uh, so I had to do it all by hand. Um, you know, I, I ordered the supplies, I did everything, I created it. I didn't know how to deal with metal. I didn't know how to deal with Uh, The platform is made out of bamboo as well. So it was all new stuff. But uh, as entrepreneurs, you have to wear many hats. And so I stepped up to the challenge, got that first order through. And then we launched another campaign uh, for that first production run. Um, So that's where we're currently at. We funded the secondary campaign, got another handful of orders, and um, we've got about 500 um, in, in the production order. So...
0: Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. No, I, I, I wasn't totally clear on, on sort of where sort of the status of, of the product is, right? Because, you know, to me, you know, and this is, this is you know, when I look at it, Right. I understand it. Right. I understand the benefit benefits of resistance band training. Right. And 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 the strength and mobility aspect of it. Right. right. And and to me, when I think about fitness products and you kind of talk about like, you know, we build a community. Do we do we have classes that we support it on? You know, whatever it may be, it's it's kind of fishing for what is the value proposition that we're actually delivering? Uh, because it's like, oh, you could take it up to the top of a mountain. You could <laughs> climb. <laughs> you could climb to the top of a mountain and get and a, get a band workout in. Right. 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 Uh, you know, it, it's it's the way you are kind of positioning it is all of these different sort of aspects of of different value props, right? Of mm-hmm. of what it is, and and at the at the end of the day in all fitness, it's sort of the value proposition is its output, Mm. what it does, does for you. Right. And, And I think that sort of the uniqueness of band training is always going to be strength with mobility, right? Because it's this higher, like mobility, strength with mobility gives longer, Uh, Life to your joints and it's your system operating better than just building muscle, uh, which gets, you know, in in most people try to build muscle with bad structures and Mm -hmm. all they are building is amazingly strong compensation Mm -hmm. that long term is just going to lead to greater pain. And in a, a tighter body over time, right? Now we don't gotta get right. into the technos- technical side of that. I just want to make sure you understand that I know that. Yes. And yeah. so when I think about like, like how you position it, I think it starts first with the output of what this can deliver to the consumer. Right. It's like how the importance of these, you know, 15 core exercises that will uh take you uh, Thirty minutes a day will deliver um, this type of strength, along with mobility, and here's all the benefits to that. Right, so it's it starts with that output positioning, and then it's this utter and complete convenience. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what's the, what's the, the deepest value proposition of this product is it bags up and slides right under your bed, right into the closet. Mm -hmm. Like, so here's all your options. Like you gotta, you gotta, you know, have a lot of money to have a home gym. Right. And, or you gotta like get motivated. The hardest motivation there is on earth is from uh, your house, your apartment to the Mm -hmm. gym. You know what I mean? It's the it's the darkest, deepest chasm there is for people that <laughs> that don't like uh uh that don't love to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, now you have this great output of the ultimate health of of being lean and ha- being uh, having great mobility, which is making your entire system healthier. Then you have convenience of it could be anywhere at any time then you pull it out of the closet do it in your living room take it with you when you travel it it's mm-hmm. like it allows you to be more consistent because you can take it with you anywhere it can be stored anywhere so I, you know i only say that to there's a lot more value in a more concise way in what you've created that that i think you got to lock in on on how you like you know, really begin to develop customers, right? And, and and I think you consider like, you know, even if it is like defining what native fit means, right? And and putting some sort of like to be native fit means that you're, you know, um, you know, it's range of motion and strength. It's it's lean but uh with muscle, right? It's it's like this sort of thing that becomes, oh, I want, I want to be that. Then it's like, this is how easy it is. It's 30 minutes and these 20 exercises, these 15 exercises, whatever it is. Because I think that is where you get scale of people willing to try it as opposed to trying to shift to a Peloton style model, right, where then you've got to build a tech stack and now you Mm got to get, you know, you got to have people on it. It's just such a more expensive sort of way of, of of building and servicing the business and the consumers and the churn and and teaching all of that. Now, you can you can accomplish a lot of the same stuff by, you know, having the Wellness Warrior Saturdays live on, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook, right? Like, you know, or even, even doing it for free just for customer acquisition where you do them each morning, come do it with me and I'll coach you through the 20 and we can do it together type of thing. Like something a little bit like more easy to execute, right? Of building that community and those people to do. But that that's just my advice to you mm-hmm. as you think about how you position it. Because I do think you did, you know, you created something unique that has value and it's, it's trying to tell a, a lot of different stories, including that you can take this thing up on top of a mountain <laughs> right. and, and, and get a workout. And, and as opposed to it really being the quality of the workout the convenience of the workout um, being sort of this core reason of why someone would buy it in the job that they would, they would do for them. But I, I just wanted to share that with you as from someone that, you know, from, from my perspective of, of looking at it. And then, then of course, you got to be super thoughtful as it relates to how much it costs you to make the product and then how much you charge for it, because that's where you end up kind of in this no man's land. If it's just, you know, uh, too expensive, or to make, and and finding the right pricing strategy will will be sort of the dance with the devil. Then it's like, how do you acquire uh, one customer at a time? But but what what questions you got for me?
2: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the insight. That's uh, that helps a lot. So I, I think that leads into you kind of answered that question in uh, your 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 advice. But um, if you were to scale, would you go? would you focus more direct to consumer or would you focus more on the retail
0: yeah and look i i think that at this day and age it's wherever you can get sales right like right. it's it's to me the beauty of of retail is they're in if it gets put in retail they're already going into that section looking for some sort of solution looking for some sort of piece of equipment and now it's all about capture compel convert on your packaging in your story right where across that box it should be all the value prop of like best shape leanest like like feel the best pain free like you know whatever like that's like oh what's that then it's like here's these exercises and why it delivers on that capture compel convert um but that revenue is great that revenue is beautiful if you can get it um right. you know the same way i think i think when you have unique fitness products you know you're you're going to always be in a super crowded space so i think whether it's it, it's retail it's direct to consumer or amazon i think you try to win on on all of them and and try to see which one um you know really works because you create the right concept and have the right retail partner that could be all you need right now your margins are going to get you know, pinched on that, but but as long as uh, it's selling through for them, now you have a sustainable business uh, that's selling itself at retail rather than you know going through this you know, world of, you know, ad buys and, and Facebook marketing and, and Instagram marketing and influencer marketing and hoping that that drives conversion and what you're paying for that and what your, uh, you know, customer acquisition costs is, you know, it, it's a difficult business when you have a single product, right. Versus like, um, you know, in, in the betting industry, the bed in the box, your Casper's and and worlds like that, where you basically are selling them one product for their, the next you know, eight years, right. you know, it kind of sits in that same sort of zone. So if you could find a retail partner, I think, I think it'd be, be really huge. So I, I think, I think you, you do everything you can to try to do that.
2: Cool. So, so basically just to, uh, some quick summary, uh, any, anyways, good as long as you're getting the sales, right?
0: hundred percent. You know awesome. what I mean? I, yeah. It's like, and given the nature of the product, you, you just got to think like it's, it's more built for for being in the right retail space, um, and I think there's an opportunity to 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 hunt the the actual people using it. You know, you'll see all of these different fitness uh, products popping up with influencers uh, showing you uh, what it does, and I think you can win there of like showing people using the actual product and. Getting it there, getting getting them excited about what it could do for them. You know, I mean, there's this one. I don't know if you've been seeing. I can't think of the name, but it's some sort of rowing machine that right. is like. I mean, it's every everywhere I turn. It's like another like you know influencer. Like you got to check this out. It's the best. You know, <laughs> is it's Paragada. Or yeah, got you look i don't know what it is but <laughs> it's at such a level like i don't remember i'm like i'm like like i would ne- you know i just i'm, I, I'm not into rowing yeah. and, and you want know, another one is the climber where it's like well, there's a climber yeah. one that they're all over but you see how it, it gets me to the edge the climber's like oh maybe i could like does that get but but to me if it would sell me deeper on like some sort of aspect that appealed to me—that I think uh, the mobility and strength aspect of what bands do in a more simple sort of way—I uh, think you could could work with with um, DTC. But again, it is man. It is clear messaging of what this can do as an output for the person, then how convenient it is and and take it anywhere and never miss a workout again. And this is what you'll look like after 30 days. You know what I mean? Like that's the yeah, like that's the and it's and, you know, to me, it's it's lean and then showing flexibility. After 30 days, you're touching your toes and you're lean. It's like, okay, that's what I want, right, Mm -hmm. Um, if you uh, decide to go that route, which, you know, and again, it's a nuanced. You can win in a very um, competitive space with just a nuanced positioning, but it's got to be super clear and get people to convert um, to just want to try it. That's all you need. You just got to right. sell somebody on wanting to try it. And then once you capture them, get them, do as much as you can to keep them committed to it because then their results will be sharing with their friends then their family that create new customers. That's, that's ultimately what you got to do when building that customer base for a product like this. Yeah, I agree. And your second question, my man, what you got for the life question, man?
2: As an investor, operate yourself is there a method or like a marginal procedure that you have where you don't even go into production unless it gives you two, three, four, or five X return on investment, you know, cost to make it versus retail cost.
0: You know, everything's different depending on the type of product it is, but for, for a product, like, cause like right now, what does it cost you versus what you sell it for? Like, where are you at on that?
2: I make about two, two and a half. uh,
0: Yeah. Which is good. Which is good. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so to me, It's really about making sure that you can build a path to sustainability and profitability within that margin based off of the type of product it is. And for you, it is a product that you're going to get one customer at a time. So it's important that you understand how much it costs you to acquire customers and then make sure that you have a good margin in there that does not that the price doesn't, you know, because you're, you know, being so like uh, greedy with your margin that you drive customers away. There's sort of a sweet spot in there, but on every business that we do, we try to, we really try to push it as high as possible, especially in the beginning, because it's very easy to bring a price down. It's hard to drive it up. Uh, And and I think, you know, you got to you know really bake that into your financial side of the business and and I know that may not be as much of a a a position of where your strength comes from or or sort of your like knowledge base comes from but man just like learning how to like, I need to get 200 people a month to pay this much for it. That'll cover these four people that are going to work on it and buy and manage it and get it, you know, whatever it is, there's sort of a matrix in there that you've got to design and develop that sets your goal that is against um, that margin. And then I think, you you know, you take a shot at at charging Uh, What you think the max for it would be and try to win with that and then slowly bring it down and try to find the right the right sweet spot. But many times, you know, we've launched out with really high margin products that could have been way cheaper and they worked. And boom, man, boy, then we're psyched, right? Now we have all that extra margin to drive into customer acquisition and and so much more runway and our cash flow based off our revenue. Like, so it's it's always worth trying to push the edge on that.
2: Awesome, awesome. And my last question is: um, as a serial entrepreneur myself, I feel like I've sacrificed a lot mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, obviously. Um, but you yourself, do you find your? Do you think uh, as you? get closer closer to death, let's say you die of old age, um, do you see yourself regretting the amount of time and energy you've spent into business, uh, you know, investing overall? And if so, do you have any examples uh, that you could share?
0: Well, I mean, look, it's almost foreign to me like even hearing you say it it's almost funny to me Num- number one, I used to have a goal of being a centurion. I always thought I was going to die uh, at one hundred and five. I was going to shoot myself into space at one hundred and four. of course, that was before I had kids and a wife, and then I'm like, okay, i'm not going to do that, but recently i've decided I want to be a super centurion, so I plan on living to one hundred and twelve. Wow is sort of my new goal but but let me let me let me just give you context right of your being an entrepreneur is extraordinarily difficult right but it's only difficult until it's not and if you keep making it uh keep trying and trying and and you can't make the progress and and it's not you're not understanding why and 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 it, there's some nights you want to quit you want like do i get all this all of that pain that's where the spiritual pain and all these that's when like the, the, the mental side, the financial side, all, all its identity, it's all of these things. That is this rich, deep, dark pain, right? And if you did that. If, okay, if I did that for another 70 years, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I would regret it. And yes, yes, I would. I would probably, if I did that, I wouldn't be live to 112. I would be dead at like 65 and, and, and look, I have designed my life completely. I have mastered time. I have mastered energy. I have mastered capacity. Okay, and I've designed balance into my life, right? And I spend 30% of my time working. I launched, you know, uh, four companies this year, built three other ones that are on the way, launched a podcast, started doing press again, all these podcasts, shot 250 episodes of television. You know what I mean? Like, Let's I, go. you know what I mean? I I did all of that with 30% of my time. By design, right? And then I spent, you know, 15% of that time with my wife, 14% with my kids, small percent on life and other and friends and this other stuff, and, you know, 8 to 10% on just my health with design, with intent, with purpose. And I grew into being extraordinarily good at being balanced. And happy and living this amazing, extraordinary life. That guess what? I get to live for the rest of my life until my dying days of 112. So, look, if your business is driving you into that state, you just have to know that you need to design your business in a in a way that you have a pathway to getting you to a balanced, happy state within that business and you give yourself a time limit to achieve it, or you have to try something else. Right? Because it's the the reality of it is, is if you are trying all these different things and you don't know why, and you don't have clarity, it is going to constantly and forever torture you because you want to be, you want to fail with intention. You want to know what you've got to do to make it work. And if it doesn't get there and you can't, and you've tried everything like then it's time to find, take all of those lessons and apply it to something else. But look, you, there is no doubt you'll learn more and more as you grow and get smarter and smarter at learning how to build the plans, but you've got to design the life that you want and create your business, create your idea that will ultimately integrate with that and provide the life in the way that you want to live it. You know what I mean? And you can do that because there should be no misery on the other side of success. Um, and ultimately, it is is truly about... Um, living a great life as a process and not as an end game you know what i mean
2: awesome awesome thanks for sharing that
0: so give it all you got man i wish you the absolute best man i really really enjoyed it and 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 really look forward to seeing you reposition this thing tighten it up and and turn it into something special man
2: Uh, i will for sure thanks again for having me
0: all right be good all right that is it for our show today uh, can't thank you all for listening and playing a part in it thank you to every single entrepreneur that has sent a video to us you know and and as, as you know chose to be on this show and come on and talk strategy again it, you know I always say it I just absolutely love it thank you to everyone that listens you know you want to get more involved in what we do down here at, at the Deer Deck Machine become a machinist you know uh, if you want to uh, pitch us an idea, you can go to the website and do that. Of course, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you like it, subscribe it, be all about it. And, and again, you know, you, you anything that you want to do in life, you got to put a vision to it. You really, 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 really got to see the future. Okay. You got to make sure. That you create a plan that you know you can do, and then you gotta promise yourself you're gonna give it everything you got until it becomes a reality. See it, believe it, do it. Till next time.